You're listening to the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast, where we talk about hunting, politics, sports, and everything in between. Now, here's your host, Steve West. And we're back here at Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast studio. We've got a wonderful show for everybody today. Uh, you know, we're going to have a guest on that's been a good friend of mine for a number of years. Very special individual. He's probably one of the best human beings I've ever met in my life. He does a lot for kids. Uh, his name's Derek Fusel. Uh, he founded Camo Dreams, uh, an organization that's dedicated to taking kids with life-threatening and terminal illnesses on hunting and fishing trips. Uh, he's based out of Florida, but he's come all the way to Oregon and done some stuff with us with these very special kids. And, uh, you know, I just can't say enough good things about yeah. him. And there's people in the world that do things for themselves, and there's people in the world that do things for other people. And he is someone that does things for other people before himself, like maybe one of the most I know out yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, you take, um, like Tina that founded like, um, hunt of a lifetime. I mean, another very selfless individual, yep. um, you know, these people who have found a soft spot in their heart for all of these kids, uh, they bring them on trips. They've fundraised. They do as much as they can. Like mm -hmm. I know that Derek has funded a lot of stuff himself. Um, he doesn't have the nationally known organization like hunt of a lifetime does yet. I mean, use the word yet. Yep. Uh, we've tried to promote it in the television show. Hopefully he gets some uh, like banquets and other fundraising opportunities going because he got his 501c status. So it's a tax-free mm -hmm. charitable contribution. I saw that on his website. Yeah. So yeah. anybody out there that wants to contribute to something that's very worthwhile, um, you know, hunt of a lifetime is great, but camo dreams right now is going above and beyond and they really need everyone's help. Um, Derek's brought a lot of kids out here to the ranch. Uh, you know, our place is very special. It's one of the few places that's flat and the elk like to congregate during the rut. And in lieu of hunting it ourselves, uh, we bring these special kids mm -hmm. in to hunt the ranch. And, you know, to date, and this is like a track record. I'm going to knock on wood because we got another kid coming this year. Yep. And, and uh, Derek just signed off on their paperwork the other day, so we sent ODFW. But to date, I've never had a kid come to the ranch on one of these tags that didn't get at least a six point bull. Nice. hundred percent. And how long have you been having kids up at the ranch? Um, going back to even the hunt of a lifetime days and some of the stuff we did before even hunt of a lifetime came around, like when it was, uh, um, like the make a wish foundation before they became anti hunters. Yeah. Um, I want to say like 18 years. Yeah. I think I'm like at like 42 kids total. That's that, awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then we've done a number of kids that, um, was like their first elk hunt or, you know, on the cow elk tags and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So and I mentioned to this, this to you the other day that there's a lot of people who watches our, you know, our fans of Steve's outdoor adventures, watches our television program that, you know, thank me and tell you, thank you through me on how much you've given back to the kids and terminally ill and that kind of thing. And so I, I just want you to hear that from me because I hear it a lot and you don't get to hear it enough. Well, I mean, and and at that, I still feel like we haven't done a lot. You know, we've tried to up our game a little bit. When years when we didn't have the terminally ill kids come, we tried to get a tag for a wounded veteran. Yep. Uh, we over-publicized that when we did the TV show with Kyle. He shot that great big bull we put on national television, and now those tags are gone overnight. I yeah. mean, it's incredible how fast those tags go because the state of Oregon can't have a free-for-all on them, right? You've got a limited wildlife resource. It's renewable as long as you don't harvest too much. And, you know, like there's five elk tags for terminally ill kids. There's five elk tags for wounded veterans. They have five deer tags, five antelope tags, and five bear tags. 
the reality is that Oregon doesn't have a tremendous number of good deer. Like it's not a really yeah. good deer hunting opportunity yet. Um, you know, maybe that's going to change at some point in the future. Um, and then, but there are some good opportunities with antelope and I'll admit that I've been looking at some of those opportunities mm-hmm. for antelope and that might actually be kind of fun to do an antelope hunt, especially given we had that 90 inch antelope killed here in the Valley this past yes. year. Uh, that might actually be a fun way to spend the first week of August, but you know, to do stuff for the kids and try and step our game up, you know, we bring these kids in, we try to make them movie stars for a week. Um, you know, we put the cameras on them, we take photographs of them, we, we make them feel special for a mm-hmm. week. Uh, hopefully, you know, they, they enjoy it and they remember it always. Yep. Um, you know, we're going to talk about some stuff with Derek. I've kind of got some quirky rules that not everybody agrees with, but I do it because I'm doing this strictly for the kids. Yep. I'm not doing it for the parents. I'm not doing it for Derek. I'm not doing it for anybody. I do it for the kids. Yep. And, um, that, and I'm still trying to get into heaven. I'm not certain it's going to happen. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but I mean, we, we, we've got a lot of stuff that we're trying to step up our game on, um, with regard to that, because we, if we can make that year special for one or two kids, uh, I'll do it every year. I mean, yeah. I, I wish I could get at least one or two kids every year. It's just sometimes the tags aren't available yeah. because they're in such demand. Yeah. Well, you do a great job with that, Steve, and I know a lot of people appreciate it. Well, hope, like I said, we got it. We do have a kid coming this year. Nice. Yep, Taylor Johnson. Uh, Taylor's going to get a cute little package in the mail this week. That says, Very good. Congratulations, you're going elk hunting with wow. Steve. Yeah, send her the hat and the signed poster and whatnot. That'll That's be cool. cool. Yeah, I talked to her dad the other day and um, explained the rules to him, made sure he was down with the rules. Yep. So, um, he was, he argued with me for a minute on one of them, but we, we got her tuned up, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> worked it out. Yeah. We worked it out because really in the end, like he said, um, it's all about his daughter and it's about his daughter having the best possible hunting experience imaginable. Yeah. And, and we just, you know, we want to make sure that those memories last forever. Yeah. So. And then one thing I like on Derek's, our guest today is what his website says is some kids dream in camo. Right. And so when they have these wishes that maybe otherwise we'll never get the opportunity to. And the number one thing when they put up their hand, what they would want to do is, is hunt and sometimes hunt with specific people like yourself. So it's really cool to be able to connect them to their, you know, maybe last wishes to be honest yeah. with you. So, well, and, and, and we have so, had some issues in the past though, with maybe the parents want the kid, maybe the right. parent is a, that's a, what they want for them. Yeah. They yeah. want that for them. You know, and when I've been out on a hunt with a kid before that looked at me and was like, yeah, I really don't want to be here. That actually happened. Right. Yeah. And I was like, really, what would you rather be doing? He's like, I would rather have done anything. I was like, Disneyland. Oh my God. Yeah. He would love to have yeah. gone to Disneyland. I was like, cool. You're going to Disneyland. What do I care? You know, mm-hmm. I, if you don't want to be here hunting, we don't have to go hunting, Yeah, you know? You know, and, and that's why we talk to the kids now. Yeah, we want to make you know, sure we get the right. Well, and more importantly, there's only five tags. Okay. If we pull a tag out of the pool because yeah. someone's parent wants the kid to go, we're taking the tag away from a kid who really wants yeah. it. That's not fair. Yeah. Um. You know, and so, you know, that's what, you know, make a wish foundation is for is trips to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm like, as Rick Flair used to say, you know, you want to go to Disneyland, go to Disneyland. Yep. If you want to take a ride on Space Mountain, woo, <laughs> <laughs> call Steve. Yeah. yeah. I get <laughs> it. And, and the Ponderosa is the Space Mountain of elk hunting. Yeah. I mean, that's why we hunt there. That's why we take the kids there because yeah. we can plug it in. For and sure. So, yeah, but, you know, hopefully this is something we can do for many years to come. Let me take a look and see here. Yeah, we got a couple more minutes before I get to call Derek in on the show. But, um, you know, something that a lot of people aren't aware of is that almost all of the Western states have special programs 
for kids who are terminally ill or have life-threatening illnesses that if the doctors will sign off on the forms, they get a special tag. In Oregon, it's the equivalent of a governor's tag. By the way, the governor's tag sold for $71,000 on Friday night. I was bidding on it for a friend of ours, yeah. you know. And let me tell you something. That, I didn't, That's significantly more than you thought it was going to go for, right? Double. 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 And that's two in a row that went sky high. high. Yeah. I am now rethinking the value of these <laughs> the tags. Gun, yeah. You know, I mean, I remember when we were buying them for $20,000, $25,000. But anyway, these tags that these kids are getting are very valuable. They're very um, flexible. I get from September 1st to November 30th mm -hmm. to get an elk with these kids. Um, you know, the Taylor, the, the young lady that's going to come out and hunt with us this year, she just lives in Washington. It's about a six hour drive, drive from here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so she can be here quickly, you know, first of September, if I'm watching a bunch of bulls down in the meadows yeah. on call. So, to oh speak, yeah. yeah. I, I was telling her dad, I was like the faster you can roll, the better, you know, granted we've got some windows and time where we're all tied up and doing stuff, mm -hmm. you know, where we won't have camera operators on yeah. handy. Um, but you know. We're going to make it work. I mean, let's face it, the Ponderosa is the Ponderosa. I can make it happen yep, there, you know? Yep. So I'm really looking forward to that hunt this year because we didn't have a kid last year. Um, in fact, we didn't even have a wounded vet last year. That kind that of broke is my correct. heart. Yeah, that broke my heart. So this is the year. This is the year. You know, in lieu of, uh, in lieu of taking the kids uh, hunting last year or the vet hunting last year, I took off at the end of September and went caribou hunting. You did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, if I can't do something for somebody else, I might as well do something, something for, for myself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, no, like I said, today's show is all about Derek Fusel, uh, you know, camo dreams, bringing about awareness. And I want to talk to Derek and see how much he remembers from some of these trips, you know, that he's been able to come out and hang out at the lodge and brought out Tombow and, yep. and some of the guys, you know, and, and I still follow along on some of the kids that are still alive, you know, see how they're doing. Yep. And I want to hear about some of the special moments, you know, in addition to your um, situation here on the Ponderosa, but also just anything that he remembers specifically about some really special hunts that he's been on with some of these kids. It's going to be a good show. Well, there's a, a catch to that, and that'll be part of what you're going to hear today is one of my rules limits what his experience is going to be. be yeah. yeah. Like, because you can't go elk hunting and have an entourage. Yeah, with 50 people. Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, it's tough, you know, like he said, well, you know, would you want me to come out for this elk hunt? This was like, yeah, love you to be here. Do you come to Derek Fusel could knock on my door at one o'clock in the morning during a blizzard yeah. and I would have him inside feed him food and he could stay at my house as long as he wanted. Yeah. Okay. He's that kind of a guy, but the rule limits what he gets to do in the field. Yes. So I get it. Hey, when we come back from the short commercial break, we're going to get Derek Fusel on the phone and we're going to talk about camo dreams. We'll be right back. This segment of the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast is sponsored by Marathon Seat Covers. We've got you covered. All right, we're back here in the podcast studio chatting about camo dreams. And on the phone, we have our good friend, Derek, and I have no idea how to pronounce your last name, Fusel. <laughs> Fussel. Hey, it's, just remember, it's like Russell with an F. Fussel. Nobody, nobody mispronounces Russell. This no. is true, <laughs> but it's got the damn F on the front of it. <laughs> this screws everybody up. So it's Fussel. 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 Okay. okay. Derek Fussel. Well, I did pronounce that incorrectly several times earlier. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, on the line we have Derek Fussel and uh, fussing about his last name and the pronunciation that I keep getting wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Only been a decade. Do you think I get it right by now? Anyway, Derek, Derek, how's everything been this year? How's the Camo Dreamers? 
doing good, doing good. Um, you know, we've, uh, gotten back on track after hurricane Michael messed with us back in uh, 2018. And, uh, we did four hunts, uh, to wrap up our last, uh, our hunting season this year. Um, we just did two weeks ago, uh, trip number 91 was the, uh, ninth annual Kayla James Memorial hunt with buck commander. Cool. We had, we had Tombo there and, uh, took a young man to kill his second buck. Um, but his biggest by far. Good. Nice. Good. Nice. Now you've got a boat and you do some stuff offshore with some kids too, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. We've got, uh, we've got three charter boats in Panama city, uh, that are willing and able to, to take us out with kids. And then, uh, Marine max Panama city beach location is a big sponsor and they provide a boat for us that we can actually take on our own with kids to do some additional trips. Um, but we've had to use it in the past as a chase boat. We had a, a young man that had some pretty severe medical conditions and we had a, a EMT with all of his gear on that chase boat in, just in case anything happened with the kid. Wow. So, wow. so, um, Derek, it's Travis here. How are you? Hey Travis. I'm good. Good, good. Quick question. So for our listeners that may or may not know what in a nutshell is, um, camel dreams. And then the second part of that question is, at what point did you realize that this is something that you wanted to do, you, you know, and give back to others? Cause like someone right. for myself, it would take a lot of planning and a lot of getting rid of my selfishness just to be candid, to be able to do that. But what moment in your life did you realize it's not about me and it's about, you know, kids really. Right. So, uh, back in 2003, my mom was diagnosed with her fourth type of cancer and, uh, spent a month and a half in the hospital with a complete throat rip reconstruction, uh, lost her ability to speak, had a stomach tube, regained, uh, relearned how to swallow um, because she didn't have any muscles to actually have a swallow reflex. Um, but that month and a half that she was in the hospital um, made me realize that my one, my family medical history is not that great on both sides of the family and, and throughout everybody. And I was like, you know, all of the friends and family that help take care of my mom and take care of our family. Um, I want to do something before I can't, um, before something would happen to me. And I'm a wildlife biologist by training. I love hunting and fishing in the outdoors and really enjoy doing things with kids. And so, you know, the obvious thing to me, I, I contacted make a wish. Um, cause I was like, I want to do something like make a wish, but for kids in the outdoors, and uh, they don't do anything dangerous. So we contacted a friend of mine, saw a show, uh, one of the Buckmaster shows, and they have the American Deer Foundation. So I reached out to them. They provided the first kid in 2004 that we took on a trip. And uh, it's grown from there into our own organization. We incorporated in 2006. And in 2016, we actually became a 501c3. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. We were talking about that earlier that, you know, and you and I chat about this the other day. I mean, these trips don't happen for free, right? There's travel no. expenses, there's tags and licenses in some States where it's not covered by the state. And there's just, there's things that come up that are expensive and fundraising is important. And for a, a nonprofit, it's a little bit easier because there's a tax consideration. If someone right. ha has a tax problem, if you make a lot of money, you're going to write the IRS a big check, 
write a part of that check to Camo Dreams or another 501c and write it off on your taxes. Yep. I mean, right. it makes fundraising a lot easier to have that 501c. That is for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it even helped my mom and dad. They had a, uh, a windfall after a timber harvest when a tornado went through our farm. And my mom said, I need a tax write-off. And I said, well, I need an enclosed trailer for Camo Dreams. <laughs> it's a win-win for everybody. It was a win-win <laughs> for everybody. That is a fact. Well, nice. You know, the other thing, you know, we, as far as fundraising goes, I mean, you know, I can hardly wait until you've got like a banquet program put together because I mean, if you can get a, like geographically, maybe in the, the four regions of the United States, a, a banquet and the different strongholds that you've got, it would really be something else to say the least. Yeah. 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 And I've, I've got volunteers that have been talking about it for the last few years and, uh, here a week or so ago, they called me up and they're like, okay, we're tired of talking about this. We want to, to do something, you know, that is with an organization that keeps the money here that does local hunts, local trips in the Southeast, as well as everything else that we do all over the country. So, uh, they're looking at doing this fall will be our first big fundraiser banquet with auctions and, and dinner and everything. Um, we've been really blessed with, regular folks donating through PayPal, through Venmo, you know, sending a check to the address. Um, we've got a, um, coming up in April, we have two guys here locally in Panama city that put on a monthly tournament. It's called the a bass fishing tournament. It's called the not so serious Saturday morning tournament. <laughs> and uh, all every, all your entry fee goes into the prize money. So, you know, there's a payout until they run out of money and these guys just do it for fun. They contacted me three years ago and said, hey, we'd like to, you know, do Camo Dreams as a beneficiary for the tournament, add a little bit to the entry fees and, you know, give some back to Camo Dreams. Um, last year, I think they did over $9,000 that they handed us. Nice. Um, and so this year will be the, the third annual bass fishing tournament. And uh, they're hoping that they can keep growing it and getting bigger and bigger. Um so we're excited about big fundraisers like that, you know, and then there's the little things. Um, I was on, I took a kid, uh, hog hunting with deer meat for dinner, Robert Arrington, uh, YouTuber. I know Robert in South, in South Florida. Yeah, I know Robert. Yeah. Um, and I've had, you know, probably 15 or 20 people make five to a thousand dollar donations through PayPal you know, and said, nice. keep up the good work. This is great. This is awesome. Love seeing yeah. this. Yeah. Um, so, so since we're on that subject, how does the average person that may want to contribute, um, kind of find where they can, I guess, like where so, is it your website or. Yeah. Our website has a, an actual link. You can just click on PayPal or, um, I've searched it before for people. If you go to PayPal and search chemo dreams, INC, um, you can donate directly through there. Um, I think my address is on the website, um, so they can send a check if they don't do electronic PayPal or Venmo something, uh -huh. um, they can just mail us a check and, um, we send out tax letters as quickly as we can to, uh, let them have their, their tax write-offs. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's perfect. Yeah. Robert Arrington's probably the best free diver in North America. That guy ah. can hold his breath longer than any other human being on the planet. I think he. <laughs> He's, he's, he's probably, a, he's a phenomenal spear fisherman, deep dive, you know, five just, minute or maybe, I don't know, but he holds his <laughs> breath and, you know, for a long time, but you know, I've watched him oh, shoot what? some, uh, some Marlins and, uh, 
done some really big fish with spear guns. Yeah. Crazy. He is. I mean, if I was, if I can tell you this, if, 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 if I was like dying of cancer, one of my wishes would be to go dive with Robert. Yeah. I remember his videos are inspiring to like, wish you could hold your breath long enough to just swim with him. Yeah. Uh, the, the funny thing was the kid that, uh, that wanted to hunt with him contacted me. It took about three months. Um, me reaching out to him, reaching out to his camera guy, his brothers, his wife, and never could get anything, any answers out of him. Meanwhile, the kid is in South Carolina and he's blowing my phone up every other day. Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? And, uh, he finally said, well, Josh Carney, son of the South has hunted with him before and done some videos, you know, and he's real responsive. So I'm friends with Josh and I text him and I was like, Hey, can you bump Robert Arrington and tell him that, you know, I'm the real deal. I'm a legit person. I'm not stalking him or anything. <laughs> and, uh, that afternoon he called me and he's like, Hey, what, what do you want to do? What's, what's going on? So we had it all planned out and actually told the kid that it didn't, wasn't going to happen. And, uh, flew him and his family from South Carolina down into West Palm beach and surprised him. Um, Robert came into five guys at lunchtime to, to surprise him and say, Hey, we're going to the ranch to go hog hunting. You, you ready? Nice. Uh, that's awesome. So the other side of the coin, coin is how do you find um, the kids that you take or connect up on the, onto these, you know, trips through Camel Dreams? Yeah. So um, a lot of them have come from us being on television shows like Steve's. Yep. Um, Buck Commanders had us on for the last what, 11, 12 years. Um, you know, I've had several after the YouTube video that Robert put out, I had several contact me and, and ask for applications. Um, a lot of them, believe it or not, there's, there's a huge network of not just organizations like me, but the families. And so when these oh, okay. families are going to other trips and other places and they meet other, you know, I, I say that Camo Dreams is a family and the families will share and say, you know, Hey, have you done a hunt with them? Or do you, have you heard about this organization? Um, because some organizations actually age them out and we go to 19. So we say nine to 19, you know, and nine is on the low end of the things, but based on experience, um, or what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and, and where so, of course, yeah. And where, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. No, the, you know, and there's, you know, and you, it, I guess it takes me to, you, you get kids that are talking about that they've been on this trip or that trip and. You know, one of the things that I guess I've been trying to do more and more is find kids that haven't been on a trip with anybody yet. And because right. you, you've met them, there's the, the the moms that are professional hunt finders or fishing trip finders for the kids that are on trip 27, you know, and they yeah. just want their kids to do as much as they possibly can. And, and, and God bless them for that because they want their kids to get as many experiences as they can before maybe it's too late. And, Right. And, you know, but then I, I run into these kids from time to time. They're like, oh gosh, I didn't know I could do that. And I would love to have mm -hmm. gone on a trip before it was too late. And I, how do you think we could find some more of those kids? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, and most of the kids that have been on trips with us are first timers or, you know, maybe they've hunted a little bit and just not been successful. Um, I've had two off the top of my head that, you know, have done a lot of things all over the country. Um, you know, we were able to provide different trips that they you know, hadn't done before. Um, 
and we don't do repeats. You know, I've got a, a young lady that we just took to Texas, um, and she didn't get anything. <clears throat> we tried really hard for three days, and um, the guys at the ranch said, we didn't ask your permission, but we'd like you to bring her back when you come next year and bring another kid. So we're going to take two kids nice. um, cool. next January to go back and, and try to get her an animal. Um, I've been talking lately. If I could not have a regular job working for the state of Florida and fish and wildlife commission, um, being able to visit social workers at some of the children's hospitals, mm-hmm. um, you know, and put our information out there. Um, cause there's a lot, you know, I don't know if they've got make a wish pamphlets, you know, could they have a chemo dreams pamphlet? Cause there might be a family, you know, one of my real close families that's down in West Palm beach, he and his dad were watching Realtree sitting in the hospital, you know, during treatments and they just called up, you know, Realtree headquarters. And they happened to talk to my good buddy, Dodd Clifton. And Dodd was like, well, you know, we don't do hunts with kids, but there's organizations like Camo Dreams. Call this guy up. Um, you know, and we took, uh, took the kid hunting and, and had a great time. And we, he's actually did a deer hunt and a turkey hunt with us. Um, so I think that being able to get out and, and have that kind of exposure um, would be really good to find kids that, you know, are excited about going and doing stuff, but don't know that organizations like Chemo Dreams even exist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, like I said, we, we didn't have a kid last year and it was a couple of years. And then two years ago, we didn't have a kid. Um, cause like you said, you were coming out of that hurricane and I mean, there was right. other stuff going on and we did the wounded vet that year. Um, Kyle, he caught a nice big bull killed on film. Now we can't get a veterans tag to save our life. I mean, every organization's got, you got a vet and there's only five tags. And the same thing goes with the, the hunts here, you know, in Oregon, there's only five elk tags, five deer tags, five antelope tags. And right. in fact, I think it might even be limited to like 10 or 15 total, even with the others. I can't remember if there's an overall cap, but you know, because it is a limited resource and let's face it, nobody's taking these tags and hunting in the really crappy units. They want yeah. to hunt yeah. the big units, you know, because they're the equivalent of governor's tags. And, um, but hopefully this year, I mean, by the way, I want to thank you again for, um, working with me to get Taylor Johnson, uh, lined out. looks like we got the paperwork in on time. I'm just okay, waiting for, con- I'm waiting for confirmation from the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife right now that we'll be able to take Taylor Johnson and, I think I'm going to probably get that today if I haven't already um, found it in my inbox. And we're going to get out to, um, you know, to get a package out to her in the mail that has a little baseball cap and sign poster and all that stuff and say, hey, we're looking forward to having you out on your, your camo dreams hunt. But, I mean, the reality yeah. is is that when we air these TV shows, we I need to figure out a way for us to help you market your brand because – there's a, if you could raise more money, raise more awareness, we're going to find more kids. We're going to be able to do more trips. Granted, I'm not going to be able to take them all in Oregon because there's just so many tags, you know, they're right. very limited, but I mean, there's a lot of outfitters out there. I mean, like, you know, R and K down in uh, Utah has always been willing to take a kid or two with you and um, been a good partner. And that's just out West, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that there's a lot of outfitters out there that would, you know, do certain things for these kids and it's hard you know, we, I had a kid uh, last year that called me and he said, Hey, I'm, I'm 12 and he's, you know, he's a paraplegic and he wanted to hunt for grizzly bears. And I was like, <laughs> man, that's, I mean, look, I'd grant your wish if I could, you know, yeah. I, I just, 
And I got friends of mine that would take them. I mean, no, no questions asked. They'd take them. The problem is, do you want to take this kid up there and he's dreaming of killing a grizzly bear and he can't walk? How, right. do, you, how do you get it's him a grizzly tough, bear? Yeah. Tough. Yeah. And that's, that's, <laughs> like, that's like Tucker, the kid that we took with, with Robert. Um, you know, he went out to Wyoming or Montana. I think it was Wyoming and killed a um, bighorn sheep. And then he messages me and he's like, my, my new dream is I want a grand slam. And I, went, I was like, Tucker, um, I don't think that they make wheelchairs that are that off-road capable, you know, <laughs> yeah. going some of the places, but let me call Steve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then I promptly shot you down. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it wasn't that right, I Steve, wanted we gotta to dream big, but <laughs> yeah. We, and then I found out we have an Oregon tag for, for sheep and you know what? Right. I could get a kid a tag and get, and, I mean, honestly, if we had a kid that wanted a bighorn sheep hunt, we could get them in the canyon where I killed mine, and we can kill one from the river in the middle of October. Mm-hmm. No yeah. doubt about it. No question in my mind. I can. We can take them in the boat, take them down the river, and we will kill a ram within rifle distance of the river. I know we would. In the middle of October, yeah. they're rutting. They're down there. It's going to be easy. Hey, Derek, we need to take a quick commercial break right here from one of our sponsors that makes the show possible. When we okay. come back, we're going to relive some memories and take a walk down Camo Dreams Lane. We'll be right back. This segment of the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast is sponsored by Bergara Rifles, where the people truly make the difference. All right, we're back here at the table. We call Clark, and we're talking about camo dreams, some special kids, and we're on the phone with Derek Fussell. Fussell. <laughs> like Russell with an R, but it's an F. That's right. You nailed it. You yep. nailed it that time. Yeah. I wanted to put emphasis on Fussell. <laughs> Uh, hey, do you remember the first kid you brought out to hunt with us? Jason Smith, Oklahoma. Negative. What? That you the, were stuck in British Columbia. That wasn't the first one. That was the second one. That was the first one. Thought it was the 2000, second one. 2015. What was the, the year before the kids that came the year before? Mm, oh. I've had, I've had three at the Ponderosa. Jason, Amber, and Hayden. Uh, what about um, Jennifer? No, no Jennifers. Hag, not Larry Hag's stepdaughter. Um, they ca- the year before we had um, <coughs> Cooper. Cooper, um, Mishu, Mishu, and we showed up as they were getting. You know, they left the next morning. Yeah, Cooper came the same year as um That must have been in as Amber. He came the same year that as was Amber. In 16. But Jennifer because I had Tombo. Yeah, but yeah. I've only ever like these kids well maybe you know and you and I have worked together on some of this stuff to the point where there were years where you didn't have to be here and we would just have the kids in because there was Right. Yeah, right. We, so I mean I want to say I'm at five or six camo dreams kids. I think this one's the seventh. Sixth or seventh. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think so because I have I have done the paperwork. Yeah, and you know, and then we, but I mean, so Cooper, but there was a, a one. I think the first girl that came out was Jennifer, um, and she's uh, I've kept track of her. She's actually she had cancer in her leg, bone cancer leg. That was the one where I was throwing rocks at Cody because he was laying with her, and I called in a small <laughs> bowl that came over the top on him at like five yards, and I'm trying to get their attention because Legend is standing up there on the hill. You know, seven, right. uh, Briggs Hill. We forgot about Briggs Hill. 
Um, how could I forget Briggs? But anyway, yeah, no, Briggs and and her came the same, and and uh, Jennifer came the same. That's right. So Jason Smith okay, would so have been the first year, and then the next year was the other kids. Okay, Amber, Amber, yeah. Briggs, Briggs came the year after that, two thousand and eighteen, because I didn't come out there because of the hurricane. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> anyway, you know, so Jason Smith. I mean, so I get stuck in British Columbia. I'm I'm Moose literally Hunting? snowed in. Yeah, I was yeah. Moose Hunting, stuck in the backcountry, and. You were forced to hunt with that degenerate friend of mine, Cody Bowen. <laughs> and Ian. <laughs> and Ian. Yeah, I left Ian. Speaking of, yeah. <laughs> so Ian. They built, they built the huge corral blind in the middle of the meadow that we could park a truck in almost. Well, I had built that before I left. And it was, you know, then I found out there was like seven of you guys in that blind that night, like two camera <laughs> operators, Ian's field producing, you and the dad and everybody and you know and of course that that particular elk got away from everybody but you know obviously yep. you guys pulled it together at the end um but yeah the the camo you know dreams crew coming out for that one i mean i rolled in and the elk's dead so i didn't right. have any memories from that one <laughs> other than being ticked off at cody for breaking my golden <laughs> rules uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. uh Cody, cody's cody's theory with me is it's better to ask steve for forgiveness than permission, permission. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the same year he shot a spike and we all know my rule on shooting spikes <laughs> yeah we all know that rule yeah it's all right his arm healed yeah anyway <laughs> um so jason then the following year was the year that cooper came out with his parents first and like right. you said, they, and in fact, you guys came in the night. Didn't you guys arrive the night that we killed his bull in what we now call Cooper's Meadow? We may have. That, that Yeah, that was, so the year before, so having done all of these hunts over the years, because I did some stuff with some of the other nonprofits in years past, and I'd always seen the elk do some special things. But to hear the story on how Jason Smith's bull walked up to a side-by-side so they could shoot it, you know, that's just odd. Um, And then the next year with Cooper, that elk on the, I mean, it was not the last night, but we were like crushed for time because Derek's inbound with Amber and her family. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, this is, we're going to be crunched here. And, and all next, you know, and I was getting a little bit nervous and Tombo was even coming that year. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, the lodge is going to be packed, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, if I got to get, get, get this kid tagged out so we can be ready for the next family. And, and I remember that elk and just literally I ran clear around the meadow and, and, and tried to pull this bullock and he just walked out and stood in front of Cooper and committed Cooperside. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, and I thought, wow, anything is possible, you know, with these, some of these kids and. You know, and then Amber, of course, shot picket fence, that legendary bull. Um, yeah. And, and and so, anyway, I've mentioned this golden rule a couple of times, and I'll bring it up now, you know, so that I'll keep the listeners in the dark. I have a rule that when I go into the field, I don't take the parents and – or Derek. <laughs> or me, I, yeah, I've never never seen it happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and but here's why. First off, I'm out there with one or two camera guys, a kid, and then I've got the other kid named Cody. And – Cody's already blind and deaf. So it's like having like <laughs> half of a kid really. I yeah. mean, it, that wears a badge, but anyway, <laughs> he's awesome. He's my, one of my better friends in this world and he's a great elk hunter, but we've already got a ton of people there. So it's really hard to take more people. And sometimes I like to do things with the kids that are um, like, I've picked them up off the ground and hauled ass 
you know, yeah. <laughs> by the belt. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I've had parents look at me like, did you just snatch my kid off the ground? Yeah. Yeah. And we just killed an elk. And, um, you know, so I've, I realistically try to keep this down. So back at the lodge, whenever I'm out with a kid, I'm back at the lodge is Derek and he's talking to the parents or, or parent, however may have come on the trip and, and they're bored as can be listening to elk bugle around the cabin. And we're out there like hustling with the kids and having a time. So when you hear me talk about some of the rules, one of the rules is we just, we don't really have room for the parents or anybody else in the field, along with myself, Cody, two camera guys, and hopefully a great big bull. And so it becomes very difficult sometimes for some of the parents to sit back at the lodge going, yeah. I want to, but what's happening, what's happening. Yeah. But the other reason I do it, and I found this out the hard way sometimes was I've had kids in the past who weren't there because they wanted to be there. And the dad wanted to be basically the dad was living the hunt through the kid right. and one, I mean, I've literally had parents sit down with the kid and help, you know, years, years ago and basically try to manhandle the gun on the kid so that they were the ones killing the elk. Mm. And so in my mind, I had to draw a line. A it's too many people in the field because we're trying to make this special film, a television show, make the kid a superhero for a week. So that they're <laughs> on par with Steve West and Tom Martin and all the other guys yeah. who live in front of the camera, but also, I do it so that they're there for the, their own reasons, reasons the yeah. kids, you yeah. know, and, you know, and, and I'm hoping we see less and less and less of that. The other day I talked to um, this young lady that's come, I talked to her dad and I was like, look, you know, here's my rule. And I, I can tell within the first three minutes of a conversation, if, if this is something the dad wants to do mm -hmm. or if this is something the kid really wants to do. Yeah. Right. And his response was for me. He said, I'm, you know, he goes, I would kill to be out there with you guys, but I'm here on this hunt. I'm going to take my daughter on this hunt with you because it's what she wants to do. Yeah. This is about her, not me. And I'll have Cody babysit him somewhere. Yeah. They'll go spotting or scouting yeah. or something. <laughs> but it's also, yeah. it's also really fun, like camp life up at the lodge and eating oh, big yeah. meals and like the time, not just on the field, but after is really fun too. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, Talk I mean, hunting we, stories and yeah. sightseeing, you know, drive around Eastern Oregon, see stuff. You know, after after Jason killed his, we had a couple of days to you know go sightseeing and do some stuff. Yeah. And uh, Hayden killed his. We went up and found some snow and yeah, just had a good time. You know, being there and seeing seeing stuff that folks from other parts of the country don't get to see. Oh, you got Wallawa Lake and oh yeah, lots know, of stuff. Yeah, if the parents are into it, they can run over to Walla Walla. I mean, while we're hunting, I mean the, I mean as much as I like the parents, because my plan is always, hey, we just killed the elk. Get on the phone, get a hold of somebody, put the parents on the side by side, bring them out to where yep. I photo. So once time. the elk is done, and I, yeah. I want everybody like we did yeah. with Derek's parents. Remember, we had them, you know, had everybody brought in, um, you know, and, and we had a great big, you know, family gathering right there at the elk, you know, and, and, and yep. that was special at that point in time. It was special. And that's the, the moment that's for everybody. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, so and, do you, and go ahead, Derek. Go ahead, Travis. I was just going to ask Steve. Um, is there a like a special rifle that the kids get to use or is it different? Do you provide the rifle or is there one oh, yeah. specific, like that's yeah. got a bunch of notches in it from the uh -huh. kids or is there, is it change every year? Where are you at with that? Well, we're, we're in the process of change. We have the 308 that the kids have been using for years. I don't even know how many elk have, cause we've also used it for adults and other kids on their cow elk hunts and everything. I mean, the reality is, is that that's a gun that's counted a lot of coup, but we're yeah. also bound by sponsorship request right yep. so that's an older burgar you know rifle and this year we've got the new carbon fiber guns that are going to be out and nice so we're going to have the kids hunt with one of the new model you know but yep. i can remove the plates i can shorten them up i can fit the gun to the kid 
Um, so yeah, all the kids that come out shoot a suppressed Bergara rifle. By the way, how do you like those new suppressors, Derek? Love them, love them. We we used it uh, two weeks ago <clears throat> and uh, went to the range, shot it a few times just to to make sure that the rifle that it, I put it on was still zeroed and everything. And uh, the kid couldn't believe. I mean, he he made a great shot and it was <clears throat> it was perfect. Cool. I like it a whole lot. Cool. Yeah. We have a very simple two piece adventure hunter suppressor design. Mm -hmm. I mean, we use them ourselves and that, that well, I helped a guy that owns GPM. I was basically talking to him about his design, how to make it shorter, more compact and hunter friendly. And, and so it's called the adventure hunter suppressor. We have it for sale on our adventure, uh, armory website, but you know, anyway, we take the Bergara rifle, put a Burris three to 15 or four to probably three to 15 every time on it um, with a custom turret and, and then we put the suppressor on it and we set it up for the kids and we try to shoot prone as often as we can off of a backpack, off a bipod, uh, maybe set up the death grip if we need to, if it's going to be super short range. And, but yeah. And then the other great thing about owning the adventure armory is if we get a kid here and the gun doesn't fit him, I've got 20 more, yeah. right? I mean, <laughs> we, we will find a gun that fits a kid perfectly yep. every single time. And the ammo. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, to me, it's about, you know, making sure that the kids set up properly. We've got the range right there at the lodge. We've got everything we need right there at the lodge. There's no, I mean, I want the parents to travel in light. You know, I was talking to Taylor, the girl who's going to be coming her dad. And he was like, well, we bought her a seven. And I was like, yeah, go and leave that one at home. It's wrong brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as much as I want your kid to shoot, the, shoot that own gun, I need them to shoot the other one. Cause if we want to film it, I kind of got to abide by sponsor yeah, rules. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for us, we try to keep the kids in a light enough caliber that they can shoot it accurately. I don't want a kid getting knocked all over the place with mm -hmm. recoil, but at the same time, have enough terminal performance and energy to kill. No, I've loved the 308 for a hundred years. I mean, the 308 to me is the best ever caliber all the way around for these kids. Um, they just, it kills those elk dead or in the doornail. Yep. I mean, the biggest bulls have dropped to a well-placed 308 yep. round. Perfect. So. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, we have Derek, guns. Derek, for what kids. were you saying? I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, I don't even remember now. Steve oh. distracted me. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, um, with some of our kids that can't um, pull a trigger or shoulder a rifle, um, we've got equipment beyond just the guns. Yeah, because we've got a, a custom built rifle from Best of the West that was built for us um, with a shorter stock, and we've got it suppressed, and we've got the turrets. So. You know, we've been to Utah and killed, I had a kid kill out at 386 yards and he'd never shot anything over a hundred. Um, then we've got a, a diamondback rifle and 300 blackout and it's got ATN X sites. So we can actually Wi-Fi to our phones and watch what, if the kid can shoulder the gun, we can watch what, where they're aiming, make sure you know they're in the right spot. I've got uh be adaptive trigger systems that are, um, we call it a sip and puff, but it's an air actuated trigger that they suck a straw and it pull it's mounted to the gun and it pulls the trigger. Um, two years ago, we had a, a young man <clears throat> with cerebral palsy and, uh, his dad's a big hunter goes to Oklahoma, goes all over hunting, has a, you know, hunts it here at home in Florida. And, uh, he didn't know that his son could even hunt. He didn't, didn't know it was a possibility. And uh, had some friends that reached out to him, and uh, we took him on the the hunt with Buck Commander. And Tombo came by, and um, Braden can't speak, 
but his eyes speak volumes. And so, you know, he lights up, you know, those eyes get big when he sees Tombo and when we tell him that he's going to get to go deer hunting and everything. And, uh, <clears throat> we were in a pretty small shooting house, so we couldn't have the tripod systems that we use to, to hold the gun, but I held the gun out the window and his dad, you know, held the straw for him and he shot his first deer. Well, his dad got excited that, you know, Hey, my son can hunt now. So he bought an axis hunt and asked me to come along with the equipment. Um, and we've since then, we had some fundraisers. He had an uncle that passed away. And instead of flowers, they at the family asked for people to donate to Camo Dreams. So I had six Braden Bryant edition um, sip and puff systems built and nice. custom Cerakoted and had all engraved and everything. <clears throat> and we gave him number one of six. Nice. And uh, his dad's like, man, I, I can do this without you. I, I can take him hunting. And, um, you know, this year we built a custom trailer a local boat trailer company called high tech marine built us a, a seven by 14 trailer that we put a redneck blind because redneck builds handicap accessible um, blinds once a year with a 36 inch wide door so we mounted a redneck on a high tech trailer and it's our high tech redneck deer stand <laughs> high tech redneck. Roll, yeah. I dig it. <laughs> we just roll it wherever we need to it's got uh, jack stands on it camouflage nice. the trailer and lay the ramp down and we can put wheelchair kids inside a nice dry blind. Nice. So Al was like, can I get one of those for Braden? We can <laughs> set that up on the lease. And I mean, he, he's gone gung ho into hunting with his son now, you know, it was just something that he didn't think was even possible, but we've shown, shown them that there's no, there's no problems, only possibilities. Yep. You know, you said he got pretty excited when he saw Tombo Martin, obviously watches a little bit of television, right? I mean, right. Shoot, if he's a if he saw Travis and I walk in the room, he might get up and walk, talk, and <laughs> go sheep hunting. You never know. <laughs> you can tell Tombo I said that. <laughs> that's, oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, like you said, you, you've you've honestly found a way to really take some of these kids that have like Duchenne's and some of these really debilitating diseases. These kids that are in chairs. You have the patience of Job and, you know, you and I've talked extensively about this with the elk and the elk situation here locally where we're at, it becomes very hard for us to do things with kids that are not mobile on these right. elk. You know, our, 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 our situations changed rather rapidly. Um, and you know, one of these days it may come back around again. Maybe I might even be able to do something on one of the neighbors down the Valley if I can, you know, work with them where we can actually just be set up, set up, you know, the tough part is you get one window, you know, you basically mm -hmm. down there, the elk are leaving the fields in the dark and you have to intercept them on one trail going out. And then your hunt basically lasted about an hour and then you're done for yeah. the rest of the day. Cause they don't come back down until yeah. that last hour of darkness. Right. So, I mean, you have very limited windows of opportunity to, to do stuff there. Whereas, you know, a kid that's mobile, you can actually walk around, you know, hunt the elk that way. But with you hunting like axis deer and whitetail and hogs and stuff like that, you can set up at a nice location and make things possible for these kids that are not mobile. Yeah. Find the yeah, right hunt yeah. for them. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, well, Hey, we're going to need to take a quick break here. We got to hear from one more sponsor that makes the show possible. We come back from this commercial break. We're going to relive a couple of uh, memories from the past. Like I said, I want to talk about like, 
Cooper's hunt and mm-hmm. Amber's hunt and some of these really special hunts. I want to hear about some of the memories that, that Derek has. And uh, like I said, we've got a lot of them from over the years. We're going to make some more in the future, but we'll be right back after this short commercial break. This segment of the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast is sponsored by Burris Optics. Find what matters. All right, everybody, we're back here in the podcast studio. We're on the phone with Derek Fussell, and we're talking about Camo Dreams, special kids, and now we're going to talk about some memories and, yep. and everything else. Uh, Travis, you said you had a question. Yeah, a quick what question for Derek. Um, part of what really inspires me to do what I do in booking hunts for others is when they get back from the hunt and they are so excited in the experience they had, and it's a hunt of a lifetime, and it just inspires me to do more of that for other people, but... Is there a, a a specific hunt or a reaction from a kid that you know that really sticks out in your mind that you could share with with our listeners? Oh goodness! Um, after doing ninety one trips, uh, I don't know if I've got a particular favorite that jumps out at me. Um, oh. And that said, Derek, I want to make sure that someday you and I are talking about one thousand and ninety one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, I, I turned 51 this year so i, I you can't do have. them all Derek. like look you're gonna you're gonna have to let other people do some of them i mean and I, I mean you guys have to understand Derek wants to be there literally for every kid yeah yep every kid yeah. and and at some point in time you uh you got to scale it back understand you can only do so many yeah. and be the ceo of camo dreams yeah. um i'll ask it this way what kid what kid that you can remember had the biggest reaction in, in terms of when they harvested an animal in a positive manner Oh gosh, that would be easy because uh, Teddy Muir in oh yeah Utah, oh I know who our that is. first our first mule deer hunt and Steve came down um, for that and I mean I had somebody the other day that said they watched the the video on YouTube and they're like that kid that kid with the glasses that you took to the mountains they're like it was amazing he shoots <laughs> that thing and he goes hell yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> the kid so to give everybody a little backstory on Teddy Teddy had like brain tumors and it, he has no filter. Like right. if it's on his mind, it comes out of his mouth. Yeah. If we had aired everything that came out of his mouth, it would sound a like Morris code yeah. and B, we just couldn't so do it. Political Teddy, incorrectness. Teddy like, had zero fucks to give. Not one. Okay. Zero. <laughs> I got it. And it wasn't that he didn't, it just, his brain doesn't allow him to have any. Yeah. Right. I mean, yep. that's a great thing. I mean, but yeah, you're right. I remember that he got really excited when that buck hit the ground. That's awesome. Yeah. He was pumped. I mean, there, there's kids that, you know, their smiles just light up or like Braden. I mean, you know, his eyes light up. He can't say anything to you, but you can just tell that, you know, he gets tense. He's excited. He's pumped up about getting his first deer. Um, you know, cause that's what it's all about. Tears. I mean, the kid that we just took two weeks ago, um, had bone cancer when he was 18 and, uh, he's 20 this year. His parents had kind of pushed back a little bit with the treatments and everything that he was going through. And so they reached out to me last year and said, we think it's time to, uh, to get him out in the woods. So, you know, the whole family comes, um, used to, we kind of picked, sent the kid or took the kid on a trip that was close to home, um, for travel reasons and everything. Um, but now, you know, we cover airfare and, and we take, the whole family. We want everybody to be involved and, and included in the trip because it's siblings that, you know, don't necessarily get the, when the kids getting all the attention, you know, they're at the hospital, they're getting treatments, they're, everybody's 
focused on them and, and their well-being. It's the siblings that, you know, are at home cooking and cleaning and taking care of things that tend mm. to get feel left out and yeah. not a part of it. And so, you know, now we're able, um, thank goodness, to be able to include everybody in the trip. And so, you know, I, this family lived in Tampa and they were coming up to uh, the panhandle to hunt. And I was like, everybody comes, you know, and they're like, what can we bring? I said, we got it all taken care of. You know, all the meals, all your food, we're staying on the, the property. <clears throat> and the little brother actually got to kill an Axis deer. Cool. Um, so, you know, making a memory for him. Or we've been other places where, where we've actually had the, the landowner say, you know, hey, Tombo, you and Derek take this kid and, you know, take the brother and let him go kill a deer on another part of the property while, you know, you got the cameras on the other kid trying to kill, you know, that's here for the hunt. Um, so <clears throat> to me, it's making the memories for everybody, you know, and, and two weeks ago when they came up with the deer on the back of the side-by-side, -side, the mom just, you know, tears were streaming down her cheeks, you know, to be able to, to see their son's reaction, you know, be a part of it the, and the whole weekend. Um, and I just delivered his deer meat to him, all processed, vacuum packed, ready to go um, over to Tallahassee this weekend. And mom's texting me. She's like, what do we owe? What can, you know, I'm like, nothing. Everything's taken care of for you. Nice. So uh, That's the goal. Making, yeah. making those memories and, and the smiles that we put on the kids' faces is what it's all about. Yeah. You know, I remember, you know, I was thinking about, uh, I, first off, all these kids have like diseases have weird names. Do you remember what? Cooper Michoud's diseases, CMT, Charcot Marie Tooth Syndrome. Yep, you're the only other person I know that knows how to pronounce That's that. Impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, and you know, but anyway, we take these kids out, and I remember the the one reaction that I got one time was was pretty cool. He was really quiet. It was Briggs Hill, and we killed that big six by six bull, and we shot it, and I just saw it going into the trees, and I thought, oh man. I know I thought he maybe hit a little too far back, but I wasn't sure because it didn't, you know, the 308 doesn't make a big, you know, big red spot. You know, it's pop. Right. It turned around. And I was like, shoot again, pop. And I thought he got him maybe a second time. I wasn't sure. It was happening fast. We watched the video back. I called Cody, said, All right, bring Bren over here. Bren's his dad. His dad yeah. happens to be a country western artist and like he's a cowboy poet. As far as I'm concerned, the guy's got words that I could never string together and, and make him <laughs> sound good. But anyway, he he, they get there and I was like, all right, I want you guys to stay right here and walk me into that spot over there. And of course, Cody, you know, he doesn't want to sit there, but I was like, you will anchor your ass right here. <laughs> Don't move and make sure I get to that spot over there. So I get over there and I find a little blood and I followed in there and sure enough, there's the bull laying there. Nice. I was just like, yes. But at this point I can't, you know, I have Ian with me, of course. And, and I, I was like, all right, you guys down for. And the kid's excited. I mean, the kid was like, oh, my God, look at the size of this thing. It was so cool. It's like, all right, you guys want to have some fun with those two idiots? And uh, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're down. It's like, all right, Ian, go over there and sit with Bren or Briggs next to the elk. And uh, I'm going to like, I'm going to act out like this elk is wounded and running away. As I know, Co and Cody's driving my truck. Now, I wish he'd been driving his own truck after what I saw happen to my truck. <laughs> but I, I call him up on the on the phone. And I was like, Cody. I, this bull's bleeding out over here, and I said, "I he's definitely still up on his feet and on the move." And I, and I said, "Crap, there he goes. He's running." 
And I just, I hung up the phone and like pretend like I was running through the trees. They're watching me from 250 yards away. <laughs> and you're, there goes your truck a thousand my, miles. My hour. truck came off the hill, like in the, in the absolutely such a wrong fashion. And it spins around It gets over these bouncing through boulder patches and everything else. And, and Bren jumps out and is running toward me. And I see a 45 in his hand and I'm like, Oh Jesus. <laughs> just kidding. And, just kidding. And Cody's flo- <laughs> yeah. Cody is flooring my truck through the boulder patch around the corner. He's trying to cut this elk off. That is not there. It's not there. Bren gets me said, where'd it go? And I literally, I'm looking over Bren's shoulder and this elk is laying there dead in a doornail and his kid and Ian are sitting next to this thing. <laughs> and I was like, it went that way. <laughs> <laughs> and he was looking around. He's like, well, we're, I was like, Hey, hold on a second. I was like, Cody will figure this out in just a minute. He goes, figure out what? And I was like, I just took him his body and turned him so he could see his kid <laughs> laying there next to the cell. Nice. You know, and it's a big six. It was a nice bull. And, 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 and I mean, and the reaction I got out of Brent at that moment was just like, bam, you know, like just his whole face lit up, everything yeah, lit up, cool. you know, you know, and we had the benefit of him singing to us a couple of times while we were up there and started us off on a couple of morning hunts where he was, you know, before daylight where he had the guitar out playing for us and whatnot. And that made that trip pretty special. But the biggest reaction I ever saw was definitely from Bren Hill. <laughs> I bet. And, and you have to understand they came back three times. So he was my only kid that year. I remember that. Yeah. And we had legend like, and I would, it's on me. I got obsessed with legend. We killed a bull that we let go at point blank range two weeks earlier. <laughs> I was obsessed with trying to get legend and I thought I had the right kid to get done. And I did have the right kid to get it done. We were just up against a worthy adversary and a pack of wolves that was just destined to move those elk around regularly. And yep. if there were no elk, if there were no wolves in my system out there, um, we kill, we kill legend. I just, I know it. we were within a hundred yards of him once. I mean, Oh my God, that was just such an incredible hunt. We had legend with Jennifer. Um, we had, I mean, I, I mean, that's where I was throwing rocks and a bugle tube at Cody, and I can see Legend standing there 150 yards up the hill. I remember seeing the footage on that. They had a tree branch blocking their yeah. view, and I couldn't understand why they weren't just killing this thing, but I didn't have their perspective. If they'd have been back where I was, Legend never makes it to that next year, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, we had Legend three times with Legend three Legend has kids. nine lives, maybe more. <laughs> I put him somewhere around 13 right lives. Now. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> like for real. Yeah. 13 years anyway, yeah. but yeah, he's big. And I, 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 I saw him this past year for just a second and, you know, and my dad shot the wrong bully shot legend junior son of legend. And, um, which is a hell of a nice elk as well, but I would have liked to have got legend and who knows, maybe legend died on the winter range this year. I guess I'll know if I find his sheds yep. and maybe see him coming back. But, um, you know, like I said, special place, lots of special memories. What, you know, I was trying to remember with Teddy, um, uh, Teddy Muir, when, when he came out to Utah, that was just, he, wasn't there another kid with you on that? It was a young girl, right? That was the next year. <clears throat> so well, that was the next year. I thought it was the same year. That was the next year. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And I remember she got a real nice buck too. She got a real nice mule deer. Um, and she's got cerebral palsy and didn't have real good balance with walking and stuff. And yep. so, Um, we got on the the side-by-side and rode and found her a really nice buck. Bren Hill sang to us that night at the South Fork Lodge. And Mm -hmm. that's where I connected and met Bren and brought his son out the next year. Cool. That, 
that was super cool. How some, you know, we talk about how the we find kids and the family. Yeah. And the family, mm -hmm. you know, being able to bring them all out for a couple of days. That was, that, that was all around just super special. And hopefully we get a chance to make tons and tons of memories like yeah. that again, you know, and like Absolutely. I said, it starts this year with, you know, this young lady uh, that's going to be coming out, Taylor, you know, yeah. I'm really looking forward to. And you guys have had some young ladies before that. Like I think, Either with Cooper, same time frame. Well, or that after. was Amber. Yeah, Amber. Amber, Amber Monzingo. Yeah, and then there was she, one in between there too, wasn't there? Or was Jennifer. Just, yeah, okay. yeah, Jennifer. Uh, well, one of them was pretty tall and could walk. That was pretty, her. Oh, was she Jennifer. could. Yeah, yeah. I'm, let me tell you something. Her and I could walk away from Cody. She <laughs> yeah. had long. I mean, she's yeah. a tall, athletic girl, and I yeah. mean, she was 12 years old and could go. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if I'll tell you what, and she could shoot too. She shot that coyote. We had elk bugling below us. We had that suppressed rifle, and that coyote just wouldn't let yeah, us alone. I was like, shoot him in the head. Pow. She pancaked his forehead. I mean, <laughs> that was like 250 yards away. She smoked him, yeah. and I thought, all right. We're that, good on the elk. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're good. When it comes time <laughs> to kill this elk, it's screwed. You know, yeah. and, and you know, and I mentioned something when I first opened this show up today, Derek. This is how blessed we've been. Is of all the years, we're going clear back to when – uh, make a wish was still doing some hunting trips and then, you know, early trips with some of the other nonprofits. I, I've never had a kid leave the ranch without a six point bull. Wow. That's right. impressive. Not one. And, you know, so I protect that reputation, you know, by making sure we try to have the right kids and I, I and whatnot, you know, because I, I think it would be devastating for me to have a kid come out and not be successful. Mm -hmm. I think that would gut me. Um, and, and I know that I should probably get over that because it's hunting and it's free range <laughs> yeah. and whatnot. But I, I honestly feel I'm I'm almost petrified to let a kid down. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Have you ever had that feeling, Derek, where if they don't, they're not successful, you just feel like you just puke? Well, we just try hard and do it again someplace. Um, you know, I've had out of out of the 91 trips, and that includes everything alligators hogs fishing trips snipes um, so i don't know how many that it are just hunting trips but i can think of three kids off the top of my head um that didn't get anything yeah um, essentially 97 percent. yeah one yeah. of them um you know I'd, i the, about the third time i called his dad and said you know can you bring gage for a weekend to go hunting he's like you know you've done so much for us it's fine. It's okay. And I'm like, no, it's my personal goal now to get him <laughs> his, his first deer. I'm not giving up. Um, plus need his personality. So come this weekend, you know, and they didn't bring the whole family that weekend. It was no. just a father son trip. Um, and, and it was close enough that they could drive. So travel, you know, expenses yeah. were, were limited. Um, this trip that we just did out to Texas is a 2000 acre ranch. It's high fence. Um, and they've got elk. Um, and we've done well the last two years taking kids out there, seeing all kinds of deer, elk, fallow deer, axis deer. Um, and so not, I don't go into a hunt saying this is a slam dunk um, because it's still hunting. You know, most, most folks that have high fence ranches will say, the only thing I can guarantee is they're not going to the neighbor's. Yeah, yeah. No, this is different though, Derek. I mean, you gotta admit this, we're giving these kids a governor's tag to come all the way out to Oregon. Right. And I mean, the stakes, this, I always feel like the stakes are a lot higher on this than saying, Hey, we're two hours away from this place or five hour drive away from this place. Let's go hunt this high fence three or four or five times. I get one swing at these kids generally. Right. You know, right. And you know, that to me is what makes it even more special 
that, you know, going out there to free range, 5,000 acres, you know, doing a, a real live elk hunt, you know, they're not horseback packing into the, the wilderness or anything, but um, just the memories from the three trips that I've made out there, um, you know, yeah. I'll take to the grave with me. And, and we, we know that, you know, God had a hand in, in making those elk do the stupid things that they were doing for those kids. I literally have watched elk commit suicide. I, I walk right in to this day. I've never thought <laughs> I've, I would ever see elk. The, the elk do stuff for those kids that they would never do for me. If I'm the one with the tag, not one of those elk does what they do for those kids. Right. Now, it makes me feel like a super caller or maybe yeah. like uh, I speak to the elk or something, <laughs> <laughs> but that's all BS. Those elk, I think that those elk are like, I guess I should probably just go give myself up now. I mean, yeah, they, they make us work for them. Not one of them has been easy. Right. I can't think of one that's been easy and they make us work for them. And then right at the moment you think that you should quit and give up. Like I give up now. Elk aside. Yeah. They just walk in and stand broadside. <laughs> done. And yeah, and they're done. I mean, it's just the it's crazy cool. stuff. Like with, um, oh gosh, um, oh, what was the young man we nicknamed Sprinkler? What was his name? Hayden. Hayden. With Hayden, Cody has him like propped up in his lap, guns up like on the bag and everything else, guns to the kid's shoulder. We have the the phone scope up, you know, so we can see through the scope and get the kid ready to go, and we're just waiting. And I see the bull coming, like. He's following the herd down. I was like, all I did was I leaned over to Cody. And I was like, when it hits, when he walks into view in that camera, you know, in that, that phone scope, don't look at the antlers, you know, yep. just <laughs> don't look, look at, the, at antlers. the antlers like that. We still joke about that to this day, you know, and he's like now, and you know, and the trigger gets pulled and whack, you know, the bull tips over 30 feet later and he's a big seven point. Oh yep. my God. Yep. There's I mean, a lot of other people that I'm sure you want to thank and that, I think, and I'm sure you, Derek, you do too, like the Cody's out there that yeah. help with all this stuff, right? And oh, yeah. People that cook oh, yeah. and like, you know, well, even my wife cooked a couple of times. Oh, yeah. So it's like these people that just contribute time and, and effort into making these trips special is so cool. Yeah. I mean, like you said, Cody Bowen, yeah. every single time. I mean, I, I texted him earlier, Dan was like, hey, I we got a kid for this year. It looks good right now. Yeah. You know, like we're going to get this tag approved. And he was like, awesome. When? But 25 text messages later, I'm, I still haven't replied to him. Like, yeah. just get it out of your system, dude. Why don't you just call me? We'll talk it out later. I'm not texting for the next two hours like a 12 year old, yeah. but, uh, but he's excited about it, you know? And, yeah. and you know, like you said, you got, you know, th all the people to thank, you know, a guy that chipped in and helped me um, with some of those hunts in the past, John Poston, yep. local ODFW. I mean, John gives me a lot of great information about wildlife and advice and, and helps me, with knowledge. So I manage our local wildlife populations better and so that we can focus on these hunts. And his son, Hunter Poshton was one of our yep. original kids, you know, one mm -hmm. of the, one of the OGs, you yep. know, he got super seven. That's, that's when we started naming elk. Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and he but, comes back and talks to the other yeah, kids. He does. That's really cool too. Yeah, he did. Didn't he come talk? Didn't he come talk the night that Amber, Amber was there and, and yeah, Cooper he came, were there? He came yeah. With, He's with a super kid. Yeah. I mean, just, fantastic memories, you know, and, and, um, you know, other, like you said, the, the office staff, and we have the big potluck dinner, yeah. like, it, all right, every, you guys organize it. Yeah. You guys, organize, everybody contributes something. Everybody comes up. We got 20 people eating dinner at the lodge, yeah. huge meal, big times, you know, lots of, lots of fun and stuff. And, um, you know, so yeah, there's a lot of things that go into this, you know, I, one of these days we'll get it figured out where we can get the cut and wrap on the meat 
you know, included one of these days, get yeah. somebody locally to donate that. I mean, shipping it across the country. <laughs> yeah. FedEx ain't giving up much <laughs> there. So no, that, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I'll tell you what, but, I mean, we got a big discount and it's still expensive, you know? Yep. Yeah. So, but I, I tell parents not to worry about that. You know, I mean, the, the kid this year in Texas, their parent, you know, parents are in Ohio and I was like, well, that's half the country. I've shipped elk <laughs> all the way across the country, so don't worry about that. Coast to coast, <laughs> baby. Corner to corner. <laughs> yep. yep. Oh. Well, Derek, I appreciate you coming on the show today with us. In parting, is there any me. is there any memory from anything or any anything you want to talk about for the listeners before we before we end the podcast today? Well, you know, Travis was asking about that memory of a kid, you know, being excited or whatever. I think one of my most memorable things was during Amber's hunt, you know, Tombo and I were out stomping around looking for mule deer on our own on the other side of the ranch. But, um, we kept getting text messages, you know, Nope, we passed this one. Nope. We passed this one. <laughs> we get the, the picture, you know, and, and I still have it, you know, and look at it pretty regularly. I think it's one of my screen, uh, photos on my wallpaper on my work computer is, Cody laying next to Amber with the gun on the bag and just the look of determination on her face, yeah. you know, and I tell people, you know, Steve was after this one bull. There were 15 shot opportunities. I could go back and look at the text messages. No, oh, yeah. we can do better. We can mm-hmm. do. And Amber, every time, you know, when you said we can do better, she's like, okay, let's go do better. Yeah. You know, and Tombo was losing his mind. You guys, I believe it. I showed it. We put the video on the laptop for him to see. Like there was, so Amber's hunt was the first year that we saw legend as a seven. He's bedded a hundred yards from us, surrounded by cows. He was the man. Then we let him go. I said, I want to see that bull in four or five more years. We're going to let that bull go big. I mean, he was three thirty ish seven by seven out of my mind to let that bull walk. Okay. <laughs> she didn't question me when Cody yep. looked at me and was like, what? are you sure, bro? Are you uh, sure? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cody want everything larger than a spike fork. You know, he yeah. wants to kill, <laughs> uh, the bloodlust in, in Mr. Bowen's eyes is unmatched on this planet, but we let him go. I wanted picket fence. We'd seen him. Then yeah. we jumped him. We had a close call with him. I was like, we're going to get this bull. And sure enough, it worked out. But yeah, I remember the look on Tombo. Tombo looking at me like, are you kidding me? <laughs> You're letting elk like that walk here? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we can do that here. Yeah. And it was yep. just like, Special what? Place. Well, I mean, and honestly, I go back to five or six times over these hunts where I'm thinking to myself, you know, I should not have let a lot of these elk go. I've stretched some of these hunts out and taxed all of this supporting staff. Mm-hmm. I've had Cody had to call in for more days off from work. I'm self-unemployed. I take whatever days off I want. Cody had to call in and like ask his former boss that he replaced in that election (laughs) for more days (laughs) off. You know, he had to ask days off. Parents are extending their stays. You know, kids are missing school. All why? Because Steve's obsessed with trying to get that neck. I want all these kids to kill a giant bull. I need to get over that. Hey, that's a nice six point bull. Let's kill that bull. I don't necessarily yep. need to make them all governor's tag bulls, um, <laughs> but I sure as hell going to try. Yeah. Um, done pretty well at it so far. Yeah. So far so good, but still I, I go back to like with Briggs Hill, we killed a bull that we let go twice earlier Yeah, and it's still a great bull. Nobody's complaining about mm-hmm. that bull. 
wasn't right. it wasn't legend and that sob still walking and yeah. i still got another <laughs> swing at him yeah. coming up here but uh but anyway no like i said all the memories are what this is about and derek i appreciate everything you've done i've said a hundred times i'll say it a hundred more you're a far better human being than i am what you've done for these kids is an example for me and everybody else to follow with regard to how to treat our fellow human beings and and uh, and I only aspire to take a handful of the kids for yeah. you over the years. Agreed. So, Keep up the good work, Derek. For sure. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. A <clears throat> blessings, Derek. We'll be in touch, and uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. All right. Bye. 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 Folks, if you want to donate to a cause that is not just worthy, but incredibly worthy, and it's a tax write-off, yeah. everything, go to Camo Dreams website, make a donation. They're going to, let me tell you something. Derek doesn't take a penny. He spends his own money to make sure the budgets are covered. He does everything he can for every one of these kids. Every penny goes into the program and it's worth it. I, I urge everybody out there to make a donation. If you've got a little extra change, spend it. If you got a lot of money to donate, you got a tax situation, donate it. Yep. Let's give some stuff to Camo Dreams. So great cause. Great cause. Yep. So that's all the time we have for this week's podcast, everybody. But, Join us again for the next one because it's going to be coming up real soon. We've got some more special guests that are going to join us right here on the Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast. Until then, we'll talk to you. The Steve's Outdoor Adventures podcast is sponsored by Farwide, the game-changing free app that puts outdoor intelligence in the palm of your hand.